NFL reactions with the sports memory. Welcome to the NFL reaction video of week two. I'm your host, Leon Phelps. I've got a little bit of Cavassier, and you know what that means. I'm ready for some overreactions from the week. It's already been two weeks in on the NFL season, and I already see a bunch of things I can overreact about. Brandon, what's your overreaction of week two? Welcome to the ladies, man. What's your queries? Well, ladies, man, uh, Mishu Mania is for real. He is a franchise quarterback, and he is going to win the MVP this year. Is that your redneck accent? I don't know what that is. <laughs> that was uh, something. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I like it. Yes, Gardner Minshew. That needs to be the over, everyone's overreaction of the week. Gardner Minshew for MVP. Six touchdowns through two weeks and over a 75% completion rating on arguably the worst roster in the league. There's not really much else to say about that. And there, he looks good. Jaguars are one and one. They could be two and zero. Oh. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a terrible roster. He has no talent around him. Offensive line isn't especially good. And he just goes out and slings it and doesn't give a shit. I, mean, like, I love let, it. Let's look at their uh, their upcoming schedule. They have they have Miami, where they're favored. Then they're going to play Cincy. Then they're going to play the Texans. I mean, they very well could be four and one right after after five games. I mean, that's that's who would have thought? But that's a very real possibility. I mean, they play in a bad division. Really, their their only competition is the Titans. Uh, after seeing what Houston's putting up for the last two weeks, um, and speaking of Houston, man. Some interesting aspects about that Houston game. Number one, Will Fuller, who by all rights should probably be their number one receiver, got zero targets in this game. So from a fantasy perspective, uh, if you own Will Fuller, things are not looking good there (laughs) from really any perspective. I mean, even David Johnson had a subpar game. So um, what do you guys take from that? I mean, does Houston have any shot this year or are they just dead already? I mean, that's a guy who has a lot of injury issues anyways. So if he's on the field, you want him to be producing. You, you can't have him play you know, the whole game, most of the snaps, and not be targeted. Right. Yeah, I mean, so again, I just analyzed uh, Jacksonville's schedule. So they're 0-2. They now have the uh, Steelers coming up, uh, the Vikings, who I'm still high on despite being 0-2, and then, then they have Jacksonville, and then, uh, and then the Titans, and then the Packers. So, I mean, shit. Very possible they they start one and five, one and six, and I mean your season's over. So at what point does Bill O'Brien get fired? Somewhere in that stretch. <laughs> you don't think so, right? Besides, I mean, so it's Bill O'Brien and, and who else? I mean, Dan Quinn should be on a hot seat. Yeah. Um, who else? There's Adam Gase. There's no way he makes it through this season. Um, yeah. Adam Gase leads the Vegas odds for first coach to get fired, um, and then I believe it's uh, either Bill O'Brien. Um, and then I know number three is officially now Dan Quinn. I don't know how this guy wasn't fired years ago. Um, so let's just go ahead and talk about that that Cowboys game. Holy shit, man. I watched that in the first quarter. And of, co- of course, jokingly, you know, they went up 21 to nothing. Or 20 to nothing. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was, I was like, well, geez, they're going to find a way to blow this. And I said it completely joking at the bar I was watching at. And then as the score kept going on, I was like, what the fuck? No way. They can't actually do this again. Yeah. It's a disease. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has the same disease. There's a disease where, you know, these teams, these organizations, the Falcons, man, you just got to, 
take out the trash. Get rid of Dan Quinn. There's something just some stigma about him that if you're up by a couple touchdowns and the other team starts scoring touchdowns, I mean, they're immediately the whole morale of the team is shot and everyone's going, here we go again. So none of us play professionally, right? But we all know kickoff rules, right? Like right. we know you can touch the ball before it goes 10 yards on the receiving side of it. Like Hayden Hurst, who I, I'm pretty high on. I think he, he's going to have a good year, potentially top five tight end. Uh, he is literally standing there backpedaling. Hayden Hurst was the number one player closest to that ball. It, I mean, it's not squarely on him, but are you kidding me, man? Like, inexcusable. I, I, it's, I, it's unexplainable. Yeah, I mean, they had some pretty big mishaps. I mean, Julio Jones drops a touchdown pass. What? When does that ever happen? Right. He's, he's about as sure-handed as it gets. But you're right. I mean, it's it's a disease. Once that gets playing in your head, that man, no lead is safe. You start playing tight, and then you know that becomes a one of those self fulfilling prophecies. Yep. I mean, it, it, it's a culture now. I mean, that, yep. it's it's a very real thing, and it's it's hard to shake. Yep. And uh, my overreaction for the week is that the Vikings are are done. They're terrible. I mean, they, they, there was a lot of uh, Vegas odds makers that had them, you know, leading the division. I'm telling you, man, I've seen Vikings teams in the past that I knew could kind of overcome a slow start. This is not one of them. They have offensive line issues, which is just so deadly when you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins who if you can't get that guy going early he's so bad it was the worst game of of his entire career yeah and the Colt I, I think Kirk ex- excels in the play action too and if you can't get that going you're yeah. you're missing so much of what he actually does well and you're just stuck with like the shitty Kirk stuff two two weeks in a row two safeties for Kirk Cousins now neither of them were his fault uh, especially this week uh, I don't know if you saw the play, but the coaches called it dead for the quarterback's sake. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins kept driving and actually ended up on the one-yard line. It was a bullshit called safety. I mean, he he literally finished on the one-yard line. It never should have been called. But once again, safety completely altered the chemistry of that game. And from that point on, just like the Packers game the week before, they had no chance. They had no prayer. It's just Vikings look bad. You're, you're giving up on him and kind of maybe understandably so as, as a Vikings fan, you're probably a little pissed off on, uh, on overreaction Monday. But if you are wanting to look for like a sexy bet to win the Super Bowl, they're plus 5,000 plus 5,000. I mean, that's, um, it's not, it's not maybe worth a 20 to $25 bet there, uh, to, to profit a grand. Um, yeah. so possibly. if you look at their path, I mean, they, they start owing to, Packers start 2-0, and they have a lost game between the two of them. I think that so, additional wild card game is going to be huge. I mean, they, they could sneak in, and sure. we, we've seen magic from Minnesota. Yeah, and the NFC is going to whoop the shit out of itself this year, for sure. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath for those final two spots. Yeah, I could see them warming up. Uh, they need Daniel Hunter back really bad, um, and Gakwe has been almost unseen. He has not made his presence felt. So we have no pass rush, but it's weird because all the good Vikings players have been playing really well. Uh, you know, Harrison Smith's playing well. Um, Kendricks is playing better than he ever has, but it's just, they look bad, man. It's just, there's so many different components to it. That I don't think it's one thing that they can fix and they'd be better, which is why I think they're done for the year. I, th- I think What do you, what do you think of Diggs division. in Buffalo? Catch any of his game? I did. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He's always been a good player. Instant chemistry with, with Josh Allen. Yeah, he's always been a great player. The problem is when the going gets rough, they're 2-0. and Diggs is always happy when everyone when they're winning. But the problem is once they start losing, 
I'll never forget Diggs on the sideline of the Saints playoff game last year complaining about targets while we're beating the Saints on the road in the playoffs. That's the fucking yeah. time that you just That's shut terrible. the hell up and just move on. Like he he's a locker room cancer. I'm I love the guy coming out. I mean, he was he was a huge underdog coming out, but just don't like him anymore. I mean, he, he he's eventually going to get unhappy, and that's when things go wrong. I'm looking sure. at Minnesota's schedule. It, it's hard to find wins. Yeah. I mean, there, there's about four or five. They're like, okay, yeah. But then the rest started getting, I mean, pretty dicey. I mean, that may not be too much of an overreaction. Like, they, they very easily could get to a 7-9 and nine season, 6-10 and 10 maybe, even if it completely falls apart, just looking at their schedule start being 0-2. Yeah. And uh, here's an overreaction for you. The Steelers are the best team in the NFL. Uh, I know they only they only beat the Broncos by five points last week, and they didn't look overly good against the Giants, but we're talking a player coming back from, you know, essentially Tommy John surgery and Ben yeah. Roethlisberger. Um, he's learning to throw again. Uh, he's getting warmed up as time goes on. But there are so many things to like about that team, especially guys like Deontay Johnson, who... I mean, that wide receiving core is ridiculous. Maybe the best the Steelers have ever had. I mean, their fourth receiver is Claypool. Yeah. It's unreal. No, they're definitely deep. Uh, they got two. The interesting thing about this whole you know back and forth between Connor and Snell is they have two guys who can run the ball now. Uh, and they trust to run the ball in, in pretty much any situation. So it's, that's not a bad thing to have. That's a, that's a position you don't mind a little competition at. And, and the and defense you a hot is hand, good. right? I mean, neither Benny Snell or James Conner. I mean, even though Tomlin called Conner his bell cow, like, let, let's get real. You're going to ride the hot hand. And when mm-hmm. you have two guys, that, you know, doubles your chances of one of them being hot. I love the situation, actually. I hate it for yeah. fantasy owners, but I love the situation for the team. Right. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, another thing that they're definitely not going to stay on pace for, um, they're on pace for 80 sacks. They led the league the past three years with 54, 56, and 52 sacks. They may put up 60 sacks this year, which is absolutely absurd yeah. um, amount of sacks. That that pressure that they can create both in the run and on the edge is incredible. Now, I definitely think some more manufactured just the fact that like Driscoll is – not good. He gets happy feet. He tries to get out of the pocket, but doesn't get out of the pocket. So uh, th- that number might be a little inflated. Uh, Driscoll didn't look that bad, which was which is a little t- uh, scary at moments. The fact that, like, wait a second, like why are the Steelers making Driscoll look decent? Uh, but I still, the, the team is so deep. It, it, they're really deep, and, and um, I, I don't think that's necessarily that far off. Right now, from what they've shown us, they might be one of the best teams in the NFL. I, I think Seattle's in the conversation, but they're definitely you know, up there. If the offense can get it together, which it seems like they are, uh, it, it's cool because they've had two good warm-up games. I mean, the three quarterbacks they've played against now are uh, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, and Jeff Driscoll. So yep. if, if you're wanting to get your defense warmed up, those are three guys that you definitely want to do it against. <laughs> and, sure. and they got Deshaun Watson coming in. I know we'll get on this on Wednesday, but he's the quarterback that's got sacked the most in the league, and he has a problem holding onto the ball. So while I agree with you, Derek, I think that that pace for 80 is going to dip. I don't think it dips in week three. We'll no, talk about besides it Tunzel, they have nothing to protect Watson. Yeah. Speak, speaking of holding on to the ball for too long, let's talk about the Browns and Bengals game. Let's backtrack to last <laughs> Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to talk about two rookies uh, that have just come into the NFL who already have just wowed the hell out of me. Uh, number one, of course, Joe Burrow. God, that guy's the real deal. Oh, yeah. um, he 
does not look too small for the moment. Uh, he is playing on a really bad team, and he almost won that game. I mean, it, it, they never looked out of it. He looks every bit uh, as billed. And then, of course, the guy that everybody really doubted, and a lot of people think that maybe the Chargers stretched on Herbert, coming in and, and almost beating the Chiefs. Like, that's that's unreal, man. Uh, and, the, and the Chargers are, they are for real. That defense is really good. That could be a top five defense. Um, I'm already hearing rumblings of them talking about possibly bringing back Tyrod Taylor. That's a fucking mistake. You almost just beat the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Roll with your boy. He looked confident. I don't think anything he did was one of those things that you're worried about. Um, he, you know, he threw some passes maybe he shouldn't have, but you want to see a guy who's confident in his arm and is willing to you know, take some chances. I mean, Matt Stafford has made a living out of throwing questionable passes to talented receivers. Right. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily negative. I think he fell victim to some recency bias. His junior year coming out, he was one, you know, one of the top quarterback prospects. If he came out at that point, he probably would have went earlier in the draft. Goes back and just played an okay season. He played a schedule. His that Oregon team wasn't very good. They didn't do much from an overall, you know, they weren't a high, high profile team. He got passed up by some of the other guys who are a little more high profile. And then his, his stock, you know, fell. And I, I think the Chargers, it's, it's a great fit for him. Can't go back to Tyrod Taylor. Nope. Cannot. And uh, literally, they, they won, I don't have it in front of me, but either five or six games last year with Phillip Rivers, who is not an NFL starting quarterback. If you can get better quarterback play with, again, we were just talking about the Steelers with a two running back um, combo. You got Eckler and Josh Kelly. I didn't really know who Josh Kelly was, um, but he, he showed a little bit of burst, a nice little change of pace on what Eckler brings. Uh, and then we've talked in length about the uh, the wide receiver talent. Um Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Eckler, um, they, they can all get out in space, and so can he. Uh, the, the most impressive play, um, which I don't know if you want your franchise quarterback doing it too often, was he truck-sticked a corner, like completely ran him over in the first quarter. Yeah. That showed me that guy's got all the confidence. He's, he's, huge. he's not running out of bounds. He's not sliding. He's going. He's a big um, body, massive. Just- oh, yeah. Yeah, you were talking earlier. You made, you made the comparison to or like a rookie Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's it a good. Yeah, he's big and lumbering, hard to take down. Um, exactly. Like, yeah, he looks like he could play tight end. You know, he's he's huge. And the guy that slides down in the draft to a, a pretty complete team. Right. Yeah. Here's a question for you: How how bad are the Jets that the 49ers can beat them thirty one to thirteen? and lose as many people as they did and look like they did. I mean, we thought, I think a lot of people thought the Jags were the worst uh, team coming into the, into the league. It is clearly the Jets. I mean, they, they might not win a game this season. The Jets are terrible. Yeah, there's no way around that. Um, if only we had a Jets fan on this, uh, on this page that could come, <laughs> and come and talk about it. No, I think you'd agree at this point. I mean, the 49ers, they lost everybody, all their stars, all of them. Nick, Bo- so they've now lost Nick Bosa, who's done for the year. I mean, it's not confirmed yet, but it's confirmed. That guy's gone. Uh, who knows when Kittle's going to come back? Uh, they already ha- were without Debo Samuel coming in th- for the year. Then you get Garoppolo, who might miss a few weeks. High ankle, yeah, he's out a few weeks. Mostert, who has busted a 70-plus yard run on both games this season and was one of their huge catalysts for the playoffs last year. I mean, 
there is a lot to be afraid of in San Francisco. So they, they lose they lose Bosa and Solomon Thomas, the other defensive end, on consecutive plays. Right. Two plays in a row, those guys carted off, and and the way they built their team is is from the from that D line out. So when you're talking about you know th- th- that's two guys they took in the I think Solomon Thomas was a seventh overall pick. Right. So two top ten picks you have invested in guys who are, who are now out for the season. They had a lot of depth, but now that depth's tested, and and I don't know what it does long term if how that affects them. Um, Arizona looks good. Seattle looks good. They they might be in trouble. Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, let, yeah, I definitely want to stay in 49ers. Um, they're playing on the same field. A lot of the other players have already come out and said they're like worried to play on it. Uh, are you guys buying into this uh, to this turf uh, situation going on there at MetLife? I mean, you have to at this point. The, yeah. all, all these injuries uh, they keep continue to stack up. Um, it's happened with other fields in the past. I don't buy it completely, but. Yeah, I mean, if there's a little bit of smoke there, I think it's at least reasonable to consider. What are the What are the odds of losing two guys in consecutive plays to ACLs? Yeah, it's so bad. Nick, I mean, losing Nick Bosa, I can't say it enough. That's a guy you want to build your whole team around. Losing him for a season, I mean, this just kind of speaks to it. Really has been consistent. You lose the Super Bowl, you're going to be bad the next year. I think we it's 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 almost getting there's a long enough track record now that you can almost bank on it. So whatever the expectations are coming to the season, if there was a way to short that team on a Vegas bet, short the Super Bowl loser every single time. Cause they look, yeah. man, they look bad. Just destroyed. So drew, I know you, did you stick with your Seattle pick? I picked Seattle. Derek, who did you pick for NFC West? For NFC West? I think I took Seattle as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know, I think I know Newman and, and um, maybe Kurt took San Francisco, but yeah, they were not um, buying into the, the Super Bowl hangover. It's real. And the injuries are unfortunate, but um, the level of play. Yeah. I mean, could have seen it coming. Well, and speaking of the NFC West, what about the Rams? The Rams are back. The Rams, yep. like the, the, the 2018 Rams are back. Speaking of Super Bowl hangovers too. This is a team that looked every bit, you know, uh, like they belonged in the 2018 Super Bowl. Obviously, that was just an awful game um, overall, and both teams really looked bad. But yeah, the Rams were not the Rams last year, and they are back. They got, they really have everything going for them. Uh, they have an intre- they, They've completely redesigned their offense. It is a run first offense now. A uh, very run heavy uh, guys like Cooper Cup, or you know, they're, they're they're just not playing like they did last year. I think they realized there was there was a fundamental flaw, and yeah. they are they have made the exact right adjustments. Sean McVay can't say enough about that guy. The Rams are for real this year. I mean, they're they you are. You know why they're why they're why they're for real? In my opinion, is Jared Goff is playing above average football. Yeah, he's not playing good, but he's playing right. above average. He isn't putting him in positions that hurt them, which he did last year. And if he and well, we're only two weeks in, but if he can just keep up playing above average football, this is a really dangerous team. I think it really speaks to like how much I like Sean McVay. And I know, Drew, you're on the same boat there. We talk about this all the time. To, to pay a quarterback that much money, to have that much early success with a guy, realize that you have a season where you put too much on him and he let you down. To then have kind of just the, the, the presence of mind. Some guys get so invested in a quarterback, so invested in a system that they're unwilling to change. He stops and wait fundamental flaw in, in how we were attacking people offensively. We need to take some of this pressure off of, off of Jared and let him just, you know, just distribute the ball in, in better passing situations and re- completely overhauls the offense, yep. takes that pressure off of him. And, and now it's, it's clicking. 
And from a from a fantasy perspective, uh, don't expect the running back situation there to get any clearer because it will never be clear. Last week, Malcolm Brown was the definitive number one back. Now this week, Daryl Henderson sees the role and looks really good. Cam Akers goes out for possibly a few weeks. But now what's going to happen is Darrell Henderson's probably going to roll into next week, have another good game. Cam Akers is going to heal up, who's still the most talented back in that backfield. And Cam Akers is going to come back, probably steal some more carries. So um, be very cautious. In Pittsburgh, right? Yep. I mean, if you can have multiple guys that can get hot, you know, that's that's a that's a good way to play. Sure. Um, very similar situations. But if, if you are playing fantasy and you need a running back, definitely Darrell Henderson's the guy to own right now. Uh, so go after him in waivers this week, but uh, you never know, man. It's, it's it's one of these situations that's going to fluctuate on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I think they're going to always give it to the hot hand. And um, Daryl Henderson, he only out-touched Malcolm Brown by two snaps last week. So um, he's not the definitive number one back there. Uh, with Cam Akers, they're probably going to get more carries to him. But, yeah, that's that's a scary situation to touch from a fantasy perspective for sure. Definitely. But uh, yeah. Spe- speaking of uh, fantasy running backs, uh, are we buying anything into Fournette's uh, big big run there at the end of the game? Um, is he is he somebody that we could see get more usage as he learns the playbook and gets more affiliated? What are your guys' thoughts on him in Tampa? I, I still don't know. Long term, I don't buy on him. I think he's got a lot of 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 tread taken off the tires there. Um, they too many carries in, in, in college, which we've seen be a hangover and, and affect guys in their pro careers. But that big run at the end of, of the game, I mean, that's that's textbook how he had that really productive season. He wears you down. He eventually breaks a tackle or a guy half commits to a tackle, and then he makes that big run. Um, so if they're willing to give him the touches, there's no reason it's not repeatable. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and at running back, it's all about position um, and fan or, or, or sorry, situation and fantasy. And right now, he's in a good situation. I don't think Ronald Jones is overly talented. So if he can just be better than Ronald Jones, he could potentially steal a large bit of that workload. But just settle down on your expectations of that backfield right now because they were playing the Panthers. And we said it earlier that, you know, the Jets are the worst team in the league. The Panthers might be the second worst team in the league. I mean, especially without Christian McCaffrey, that team is terrible. So uh, let's see what happens next week. Week prior to an actual defense in New Orleans, uh, Leonard Fournette had five rushes for like five yards. So just, I think everyone needs to take a step back and just realize that uh, they were playing a really bad team um, and looked pretty ineffective at times. Uh, yeah, and we didn't really even talk about the Bucks game yet, but a lot I mean, of drops, a lot of drops. There's a lot of mistakes going on. You know, they they do have a lot of injuries right now, so that's all applicable. But um, Kronk, an absolute non-factor, like just. Me and Derek have been talking about that for a while, though. That people were expecting the old Grunk to come in. He was never going to come in. This is a role player. You, you got a good blocker on your team, but the old yeah. Grunk is gone. He yep. really is. He's, he's gonna. All of his fantasy value is tied to red zone targets. Yeah, he's he's not he's not going to have ten catches. He's not going to have a hundred yards. You, you what you're hoping for out of him is his blocking doesn't deteriorate to the point where he's not on the field and he gets three catches for eight yards and two touchdowns. If you have a deep enough fantasy league where you can afford to keep him on your bench, then keep him. But if not, and you are looking for a spot, a guy to drop, that's a guy to drop. Seriously, he's, he's, the, he's the guy to drop of that team right now. But. 
But I, I mean, they put up 31 against a bad Carolina team, but I, I mean, they got after Bridgewater, sacked them five times. Their young defensive core. Defense is I pretty love. good. Uh, I mean, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, uh, Jordan Whitehead. I mean, th- there's just a lot of young guys there that 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 could re- like we have probably haven't seen them even close to how good they can get. Sure. Um, so, I mean, that's that's what I've seen out of them in two games is their defense is better than what I expected. And we're running out of time right now, but uh, just a couple quick hits. Uh, Cardinals beat the Washington. Is there anything to write home about there? Uh, they, I mean, they, be, they beat the 49ers last week, but uh, they do look amazing. DeAndre Hopkins fits that offense like a glove. Um, if you want an overreaction, Arizona is the most fun team to watch in the NFL. They really are fun to watch. I agree with that 100%. Yep. They have Definitely. just this electricity about them that, I man, I, I can't even imagine. Being a, being a Cardinals fan, like, You've got to be excited for what's to come with that team, especially when you know you got DeAndre Hopkins for that many years. Uh, the Packers game started out in the Lions' favor. The Lions were actually kind of dominating him in the beginning, and then the Packers just took over, forty-two to twenty-one. I may have been—I may be so wrong about the Packers this year. I still don't think I am. I still think they're weirdly overrated. Um, they have some fundamental issues. Their defense is not good. Yeah, uh, but right now they're outscoring their problems. Sure, Aaron Rodgers is playing a man possessed. He was pissed. At that Jordan Love pick, you can't tell me any different. He is coming out playing with poise and focus and confidence. And he looks dangerous. It's also because he's single. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they, 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 there's actually been a graph that has shown uh, that when Aaron Rodgers is single, he's deadly. But when he's dating, when he's dating Olivia Munn, when he's dating uh, what's her tits from the NASCAR, Danica Patrick. <laughs> He's he's bad. He he's a guy that he's good when he's like lonely and sad and has all this angst. So watch out because he's angsty as fuck right now. He thinks he's I being can a- tell you just from a from a fan's perspective, uh, seeing what happened in Seattle last night made me more confident about their season. Sure. Um, I think Cam's integration. He threw for four hundred yards last night. Right. So I, I think that arm's doing okay. Um, he looks effective, man. It looks good. It's only a second week in a system. I think that's only going to get better. Defense played well enough. Seattle's a really good team. Yeah. Um, and they were still, I don't love the play call at the end of the game there. I think that little QB power off tackle is extremely predictable. Um, would prefer to see maybe a play action pass off that or just something else altogether. But they're, they're right in there. And, and in, in my mind, I like the quarterback run. I don't like the formation they did it out of. Like, why don't you spread them out and give an option, like, to either kick it out or power right. in? Like, spread yep. it this, spread it out. Sp- spread it out and do some kind of RPO. Do some exactly. kind of – Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you there. 100%. I mean, it's possible that Bill Bilicek is kind of allowing Cam Newton to get warmed up to the offense, and then he's going to unleash him. Because if, if he can find a way to just, you know, have Cam Newton where he's throwing like he used to, and and, he, and if he can dev- design an offense around Brady and his lack of arm strength, I certainly think he can design one around Cam Newton and his ridiculous athletic prowess. So Yeah, and I mean, Belichick is a smart guy, obviously. Uh, when you're looking at that schedule, think about how you get to the playoffs, that Seattle game is not one you circle as a must-win. Sure. Um, you, you know, you you go in, you kind of expect an away game in Seattle. If there were fans, that game might not even be that close. Right. Um, the 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 twelfth man there really makes a huge impact. But uh, they look good, and, and you know the Jets are two free wins. They probably beat Miami again. They probably split with the Bills. Like the, they'll be in the playoffs, no problem. Sure. 
Well, week two is in the books. Uh, obviously, I'm fucking happy. Uh, the weather's turning into fall down here in Florida. I'm sure it is up north there in Indianapolis where you are, Brandon, but uh, couldn't be happier. Uh, football's back. On to week three. Can't wait to uh, bring another show next week where we over-exaggerate and overreact to what happens next week. Any change qu- our opinions on everything we just said. Exactly. Any qu- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've changed. I've done so many 180s. You have to sometimes, but any closing remarks? Go Steelers, 2-0. Big Ben's revenge tour, undefeated. Steelers look amazing, yes. Uh, Dude, up. at this point, you've already won a game. Uh, Keep rolling, Jaguars. See what you can do. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but um, they could certainly upset some teams this year. I love what I see out of them. Uh, Just get this whole Trevor Lawrence thing out of your mind and fucking go balls of the wall this year. I mean, they're they're running back undrafted. You know, he he now has a 100-game... 100-yard game, rushing game under his belt already in week two. This yeah. team has a lot. It's the youngest team in the NFL, and I, I'm just excited to see what they do down the stretch. For sure. But all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, week two reactions, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you so much. See you. See you.